So I said, I'm looking for the doctor who helped me. Can you find out who it is? And she goes, there, this doctor doesn't exist. I go, excuse me? <laughs> my mom would tell the story and she kept saying, an angel saved my daughter. I said, because he glowed. This is Touched by Heaven. Everyday encounters with God. Those moments when heaven and earth collide and we see God, we see his hand reaching out to us, attempting to get our attention, inviting us into a closer relationship. Welcome, uh, I'd be your host, Trapper Jack, and these are, these are, it was an angel, right? Had, had to be an angel, these moments. Everyday people here, we have everyday people stories and they're just going through their day and then suddenly this thing happens and they go, how did, with their head, what? It was an angel, right? Let's start with a couple we met in Medjugorje recently uh, from Idaho. I should probably be dead, but God says, nah, no, not today. This would be Daryl, and soon we'll be talking to his wife, Joni, because they have their own individual angel stories. Went was vacationing for the weekend, Labor Day weekend, with my wife and my travel trailer. We finished the weekend, very windy day of the last day we drive home. Uh, I do my part in cleaning out the trailer, putting uh, things away, and now I move on to the house. So I go up to the back corner of my house, and I'm cleaning the rain gutters. And we're at about the point where Daryl is going to remember nothing until he wakes up in the hospital. But he's going to be found, not back out there in the back where, the, where he's cleaning out the rain gutters, he's going to be found inside the house where wife Joni is going back and forth to the camper. That's where she is going to find him. You know, in between the dining room table and the front door, right where my wife could see me laying there on my back as if I was asleep, except I had blood coming out of my nose and my ears, and I was not uh, awake. I was out cold. Um, okay. 911 was called. So let's go back to the back of the house as Daryl is about to clean out the rain gutter. Two stories high and a little elevation drop of another 18 inches. And I had a, a cherry picking ladder, aluminum ladder. Love the ladder on grass for my cherry trees, but it's terrible and unsafe on concrete. But it was the only ladder I could use on a two-story house, so I used it, and that was a big mistake. As I cleaned the rain gutter, I looked to the left, looked to the right, reached over, and that's as far as I can get. And I said to myself, I need to get him off the ladder and move the ladder, right? Normally. That's the last thing I remember. Mm. Apparently, I waddled the ladder off that lip edge of concrete into dirt and tipped over to the right. I could have impaled myself on any number of things I have on that side. I didn't land anything except a perfectly in the middle where I had dirt. Everything else around me would, could have been even worse, but I was still in bad shape, hitting my right shoulder and then my side of my head. And I don't remember anything, the fall or anything, it's just a blank. But from where I was, I had to be rescued, right? My wife would have never found me over there for much too long, an hour or two, looking for me and find me out there. And I needed attention, so. And this is that head-scratching moment where Daryl says, had to be an angel, right? Because for me to get from that place in the back to where my wife Joni found me. This is how to get to where I was. Walk 12 feet to the back door of the garage, 
turn right, walk 12 feet, and go down eight feet stairs. Turn right, go into the house, walk 12 feet, turn left, go up eight steps of stairs, back to the main level. Now I'm in front of the front door, between the kitchen and the door, and it just a little bit further laid me down on my back so peacefully, you know, in between the dining room table and the front door, right where my wife could see me laying there on my back as if I was asleep, except I had blood coming out of my nose and my ears, and I was not uh, awake. So, um, so to the person who says, you walked it, you just don't remember. I did not walk it. I, 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 I couldn't have physically uh, picked myself up and, and done any of that. I just couldn't have. And when, they, when you did, when did you come to? In the hospital. I was out cold. Um, okay. 911 was called, rushed me to the hospital, uh, tore every muscle on my right shoulder, concussion on my head, and all the concussion resolved itself, mm-hmm. but full surgery on my right shoulder. Um, Live to tell about it, you know. And, you know, again, in his story, I, you know, it's easy just to say, well, he just got up. He just started walking. Uh, I just don't believe it's too, too, <laughs> too difficult. The, the down the stairs, all the right turns, left turns up and down <laughs> the stairs to get to where I was just so my wife could see me and get me help right away. Yeah. But he couldn't take the extra two steps to get himself into the kitchen where he could moan and fall to the floor. No, he's found just laying there in the path where... Joni would be walking to and fro. I, that I find very curious. You know. So she could find me, yeah. take care of me. Yeah, wow. And, uh, that's uh, just cr- crazy. Uh, it's not my time. You know? yeah. It's not my time. We're in Medjugorje right now. What's this trip been for you so far this week? Oh, wow. I'm looking forward to tomorrow morning early. We're going to walk that big mountain, cross mountain, and uh, we've seen... Um, Quite, we've seen some miracles already here. I, I've felt Mary's present uh, one-on-one here, and I went out last night, middle, almost middle of the night, up to and visited Mary on uh, Apparition Hill, and uh, I, I felt her presence there. She was there for me and for all the others that were kneeling there in the dark with our flashlights. <laughs> uh, she was there saying hello. Yeah, that's so cool. Thanks, Daryl. Uh, his wife, uh, Joni, very faith-filled her, her entire life. I can count how many days I've missed church more than I can say how many I've ever been. <laughs> wow. All right. And what's your story? Well, it's the uh, birth of my son. And the day he was born, um, I was really sick. I had toxemia, went into preeclampsia. I remember giving birth to him. I remember Daryl's face and his blue scrubs. And that's the last thing I remember. Some nurse, a big, big, a big guy, he was picking me up and saying, we got to go, we got to go. And I remember my eyes opening and I could see my bed was just terrible. And so they rushed me into surgery. What does that mean, terrible? It, it was all bloody. Mm-hmm. And um, the next thing I remember is waking up in an intensive care unit. I didn't even know. I thought it was like a flash of a moment in time, but it wasn't. It was, a, it was several days I weighed 82 pounds when I went home. After what were you going him. in? Uh, about 130. Are you kidding? No. Uh-uh. What all did you lose? <laughs> everything. Yeah. Uh, my kidneys shut down. My um, bladder, everything just kind of shut down. I went home on 14 prescriptions, 
And um, when you say it was kind of a blip, but it was days. How many days are we talking? I think it was four days or something like that. It just all disappeared. Everything disappeared. Yeah. Mm. And I went to talk to my mom about it, and my mom shared a story. And she said that um, when the doctor came out, he said, "Okay, I'm going to take I'm taking your your daughter into surgery." And my mom was holding a rosary, and she he said. I want to ask you a favor to my mother, and my mother said, "What kind of? What do you? What do you want?" And he goes, "I can see you're religious. I want you to pray, not for your daughter to live, but for my hands to be able to save her." And so my mom said he glowed at that moment. He just was like something just stuck out to her. So I went into surgery. I came out, and things got better. He saved my life. So then, the surgery was supposed to, was designed to do what? It was designed to stop the bleeding. I was lacerating in all areas. I was bleeding from everywhere inside. I was basically hemorrhaging, which, which women can do. I got to go home, and again, I was sitting there talking to my mom, and I said, you know, I really want to thank that doctor for saving my life and saving my son. And I wasn't supposed to be able to have any more kids. So, um, or they didn't want me to. So... Daryl and I went to go to the post op. You know, you go a week later or whatever. And I said, let's deviate. I want to go find the doctor. I want to thank him. And we had a gift for him. So I asked the lady, I said, one of the information ladies, I said, I'm looking for the doctor who helped me. Can you find out who it is? And she's like, okay, well, what? And he go, I told her the date and everything. And she's looking up. She can't find the doctor. I go, well, he was here. I'm here. (laughs) There was a surgery. There was a surgery. There's got to be a record. My mom would tell the story, and she kept saying, an angel saved my daughter. And I just was like, she was meaning that he was an angel because you did a good job. Didn't think anything about it at all. So now we'll fast forward a little bit, and I worked for an oral maxillofacial surgeon, and we had a patient come in, and she was the record keeper for this particular hospital. So I was telling her this story, and I said, I really want to say thank you to this guy. So she's, uh, she says, okay, well, I can, I can definitely find out who it is. She goes, she ends up coming back to my office, and she says, is it this hospital? And I said, yeah. This is the date. I said, yeah. So she Xeroxed everything. So I'm looking through all the paperwork, and I can see a scribble, but you can't read it because it's a doctor name. And I go, oh. This is the doctor. So I took that paper back and I asked the lady, I go, this is the doctor. I want to find this doctor. She looks at it and she's like, okay, let me look. She looked all all over the United States. She looked at every number, everything she can. She goes, there, this doctor doesn't exist. (laughs) I go, excuse me? And she says, this doctor. She goes, I don't understand. She goes, I've been spending three weeks now looking for this doctor and I cannot find it. I still have the paper at home with his signature on it and the and date his number never, or whatever they have to whatever, put on this file. Yeah, the ID thing. And yeah. the, she's never she can never find it. I have made it a life's mission to find this guy and having access to doctor stuff for me, I can't find it either. And what about your mom? She's My mom swears it was an angel. What where does she get that? I mean, what She said cuz he glowed. She said when you talk to you he glowed at times. and Did you try going back to the nurses to say, do you know who that was? Nobody knows who it is. Did you talk to nurses? Mm-hmm. You I talked did. to nurses, and they had never worked with she that said, doctor? no, it must have been a temp doctor. 
We don't know what his name was. He was a temp doctor. Nobody knows the guy's name. And it's like a scribble on the paper. It doesn't have a name on it. Can't find this guy anywhere, this doctor that glowed. And that that actually reminds me. In fact, I want want to play this for you. This this happened, a similar story. It was back in episode 58. Her name was Diane. She had, she was in the hospital. She had given up a kidney for her brother who had two failing kidneys and he was diabetic and he was on dialysis and she, she was a match. She went in and she gave up a kidney and God seemed to give her an girl three times. For three days in a row, this early, early in the morning, this being, <laughs> a gentleman came in and, um, the, the, his face like glowed, you know, he was like so, so handsome, would never, didn't say anything to me, would come over and he'd touch my arm and then he would, he would leave. He had a name tag on. He had a name tag on. He had a, he had a white jacket on the name tag. It wasn't like a tag tag. It was just like a little white sliver that said Dr. Gabriel, but he never said anything. And just his face. I, I still could see his face. His face was like, like lit up, you know? I mean, it, he, he just, he just made me feel like everything's going to be okay. But anyway, after the three days, I, I got discharged and um, they asked me how my stay was at the hospital. I said, oh, it was really nice. I said, but the best part, every morning, Dr. Gabriel would come in and he would just kind of look at me and touch my arm. I says, and it just, made my day just so, so happy, you know, and they said, Dr. Gabriel, we don't have a Dr. Gabriel. So it was, I'm thinking it was Gabriel, the archangel. Not a word. Not a word. Nope. Not a word. Just touched my arm and I could feel his hand. It was like, like a warm touch. And then he would leave. As you look back on it, are you surprised you didn't say a word to him? I am surprised because usually I, I'm quite talkative, you know, or, or I would say, wow, you're so handsome or something. I always say something stupid, you know. <laughs> so when you told the nurse, when you told the nurse this, you know, that Dr. Gabriel. She just said, well, we don't even have a Dr. Gabriel. I said, what? <laughs> and then she walked out. It's like, okay. <laughs> and and, and that, Dr. Gabriel, I mean, come on. You know, if, if I would, if it would have just been like one time. That I saw Dr. Gabriel, I would have thought, well, maybe I was hallucinating or something. But three times he came in. Have you noticed that God's big on the number three? <gasps> I get, oh, I got goosebumps again. I didn't even think of that. Wow. But the other part of it is it's painful. It's a painful process. And you know what? Um, only in, I think they said 2% of the uh, people that donate have any kind of problems and I was in the 2%, I have nerve damage. And how does that manifest itself? What do you feel now? Um, every day, well, it's, it's every day. I feel, it feels like uh, answer crawling. Where the kidney was, you were feeling yeah. it like answer crawling around mm-hmm. for a little while like or all hands. day or what? No, no, all the time. It's all the time. Okay. Okay. And my brother does not know. My brother does not know that I, I have this nerve damage because he would be devastated. Yeah, for 22 years, she's kept this a secret. Her brother doesn't know to this day. You that's, are something. Yeah, that's, that's, you are something, Diane. Oh. You are something. Because <laughs> yeah. you're, you're okay with um, this, aren't you? You're okay with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yep, I would do it again. Let's pause right about here. Head scratcher. Is this an angel? Uh, there's more on that coming up in just just a second here. In just a second. Uh, quick Patreon shout out. Thanks, Laura. Laura Asaf for uh, being there for us every month. And month? Did I say month? Every month. You, thank you for being there every month uh, at uh, patreon.com. Or you can come here to this episode, touchedbyheaven.net, and just kind of click your way through. Thank you so much. Angels, we all wonder about angels, don't we, Ron? I Angels just completely, they kind of fascinate me also, too. They're there for solace, protection, but they're these great warriors. We all have an angel. You have an angel right there, Ron. You have an angel right there. <laughs> I would probably think so. Well, yeah, no, you do. We ever, Everyone gets an angel. I mean, that's just part of God's great blessing. Where are you? I'm in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, you're down the road. Just down the yes. road. It was um, the beginning of summer. I'm a social worker here. So I'm going to see a client. I'm going down, strangely enough, I'm going down Ennis Road, which connects to Cleveland, a, a street called Cleveland. Cleveland, you know, the city I live in. <laughs> so I'm going down Ennis Road, and I stopped at the light. I'm going to make a left. I'm waiting for the left turn signal. So waiting for the left turn signal, just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting for the arrow and everything and stuff. Cars are going normally down past, you know, 40, about 40 miles an hour. And um, so you see one car approaching, the arrow's about to change and stuff. And then something says to me in my head, very clear, that car's not going to stop. And I'm thinking about my clients. I'm not like, uh, you know, oh, yeah, people look, they approach the light aggressively sometimes, but they know to put on brakes. So I'm pulling out, pull out. And I hear a yell and stuff. It's not going to stop, stop, you know, telling me to stop. So I put on a brake. The car blows right through the light, didn't stop, didn't slow down, nothing. Then just right through the light. And at the rate they were going, they were going about 40 miles an hour. And you could hear them talking and the music was blasting. They're just completely oblivious of what they were doing, you know. And if that voice isn't there, you're right. you're plowing through and you're getting plowed, uh, bottom it, line. Would it hit me on the driver's side? And I am a I'm gonna be 60 next year, and I don't think I would have made it through. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'm in a great physical shape to make it through. Yeah. I mean, how many times like have we heard that on the on these episodes? So many times hearing a voice, or mm -hmm. for some reason I didn't hit the gas, or mm -hmm. you know, somebody suddenly grab my shoulders or there is, this has happened so many times, you mm -hmm. know, all the things that could be happening out on the roads and highways that don't is it's remarkable. You know, mm -hmm. he, he saved you. You assume whom? One of his angels he sent to make sure I don't go before my time. Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm betting on angel here. I'm betting mm -hmm. on angel. It's what they do. You know, it's mm -hmm. what they do. I think, uh, the big takeaway here for me is that, um, you have more to do then you're going to be okay. You know, it's like, just keep the faith. Thanks, Ron. Keep the faith. Made easier, of course, when we hear a voice that loudly, twice, he's not going to stop. Thanks, Ron. Let's stay on the road. This Actually, listening to that story reminded me of uh, early on in Touched by Heaven, we were talking to Jeremy, and Jer Jeremy, Jeremy was loving his uh, Ford F-150. 
So let's stay on the road for this story. You have no idea the way you touch people. Um, it's just totally different from anything I've ever heard before. Um, it's it's real life situations to where um, people can relate to what you're talking to. Because um, prior to me listening to what you were saying, I'm like, man, I'm I'm like really screwed up or something, or if there's something weird about me that I'm noticing this stuff. Is anybody else noticing it? You know, um, so hearing about it through other people in real life situations is, is where it's at. You know, um, God is speaking through you through those people that come onto your your show. This truck, you, you, as you see, I'm a motorhead. Um, <laughs> I was needing to get plates for this truck, Trapper. Um, I go to the Sydney DMV, which is where we go to get her plates and stuff. Every day I carry on a conversation with Jesus. It's a continuing conversation. Um, right before I go in there, I was like, Lord, I really need something cool. Give, me, You know, I don't, I never ask for signs and, and I just never do because I, I, I just don't. But that one, I just went, you know, I'd like to see something that would um, remind me of you. Could you give me some really cool plates? Something really cool. Um, pay my bill walk out the doors, walk into my car in the parking lot. I flip open the plastic, pull out the place that says his 7925. His, his jumps out. His. His. <laughs> <laughs> capital H. Capital H. His. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's great. I guess you'd say I'm kind of getting galvanized because I'm so used to seeing this stuff. Uh, this has been multiple years ago is when basically when I was taking care of my dad and I had the the twins were little. So I'm like, I need a new truck. I need a new truck. So I came across this big F-150 four-wheel drive. I mean, it sat pretty high and had these big gumbo wheels, you know. I had to have this truck. So I sold my Ranger, got this truck. Um, I went and had the tires rotated. I had them balanced and rotated. And uh, <laughs> I drove this thing home. And uh, later on that night, which would have been the first time I actually took it on a maiden voyage, I guess you would say, Went to work, and a lot of guys at work, they're Chevy guys, so they're all like, hey, look at your big Ford truck out there. I'm like, yeah, pretty cool, isn't it? But anyways, that night I got off of work, um, I thought, well, I'm going to go get some gas in this thing, and I'm going to drive it to Anna, which is uh, probably 10 miles from Minster, and this is at 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm driving 60, 70 mile an hour to this gas station, which is near Interstate 75, which is Anna, is right next to it. I drove all the way there got gas, driving back 60, 70 mile an hour, passing semis at night, you know, come oncoming semis, eh, not thinking much of it. And I turned the corner and go down this long road and the front of the truck made a weird, funky noise, didn't know what it was. Drove another two miles, pulled into the driveway, turned the wheel a little bit and the whole front of the truck just dropped like a rock and the wheel came off. All the lug nuts on the truck were gone on that front wheel. And I'm like thinking, Lord, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> were there any lug nuts in it to begin with? Or were they all missing? Yeah. They were. They, they were all missing. I, I drove that speed. I don't know how long before there was no lug nuts, um, but they were all completely gone, Trapper. I'm driving up the road with no lug nuts on my front driver's wheel. Um, so your theory is you get this truck, you drove to work. Mm-hmm. You drove home, you drove mm -hmm. to work, you drove to and fro this 
gas station and all this. I mean, you're 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 yet all told. What is that? Forty five minutes of driving, an hour. What was it? Yeah. Well, actually, probably I would say maybe forty five minutes after I had the tires rotated in Sydney, which um, I bought the truck, brought it home, took it, and had the tires rotated and balanced, brought back home, and then probably roughly forty five minutes of driving because I drove to work and drove all the way to Ann and drove all the way back. There's no lug nuts on it, so. They were on it, I thought, when I left the tire shop. <laughs> so they rotated the tires, and one of the tires, they forgot to put the lug nuts back in. Possibly. Don't well, wait a minute, lug nuts, look. but the, the lug nuts are, wait a minute, the lug nuts. They're pretty key, yeah. They're, well, yeah, yeah, they're pretty key. They kind of hold things together, yeah, yeah. They they have surfaces that literally hold the rim to the the hub, which is actually the main part of your axle, which carry the load weight of your truck or your car, whatever it's hooked to. Um, Somehow, when they were rotating, they mm-hmm. didn't they didn't put the lug nuts back in. How many lug nuts are on the on a, on a wheel? Four. There, there's five on this five? one. Five. Five lug nuts. Okay. And you know, I would have thought he would have had them on, which they should have been at that point. But somehow, they must have worked off. Um, there's no way. Either. Wait a minute. They were totally missing, right? They were totally missing by the time I pulled in the driveway because. These big tires, um, they were relatively fancy-looking aluminum rims. They must have either worked off. They, they completely came off the studs. They weren't stripped. Now, I do know that sometimes they'll, they'll put things in, and it's kind of a starter. It's like they'll put them in, and then they'll finish the job, right? They'll kind of put them <laughs> in, place them, <laughs> and then you know tighten them up, then tighten them up. With an impact wrench. Yeah, yeah, and so it's possible that they were all in but not tightened, and then they just all fell out or whatever. But to be driving mm-hmm. that long, pull into your driveway, and then mm-hmm. and then the wheel falls off. Jeez mm-hmm. Louise. The first thing I thought was, I passed those semis coming on head-on, 60, 70 mile an hour. You know, I've been head-on into a semi or into a ditch. Or, uh, that's what I'm talking about. Jesus is in the grandest of things, the smallest of things. And there's no coincidences, Trapper. There's absolutely no coincidences in life. He's with everybody, you know. Is this the truck that has the his on it? Oh, no, that one's all long gone. Oh, that was all. (laughs) That's somebody else's. That's somebody else's now. Now, okay, all right. I would say you're still his. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I mean, now, granted, a lot of that is straight driving, but I'm sure there's some turns in there, too. There's some intersections. Mm-hmm. There's some lefts and rights. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Especially when I went through town to get to the gas station, I would have turned in, turned around, came back around the gas station, and straight shot back down uh, 119, and then turned onto our road, and it, it, it isn't straight, um, but... <laughs> I, you know what I want a picture situation? of? You know what I want a picture of? I want the picture. Well, I want somebody to be taking a picture of you as you pull into the driveway and you hear thunk. I'm not sure you know what it is right away. I doubt it. Oh, yeah, no. I, I was like, I thought maybe the suspension dropped. Okay. And you get out and you look at your wheel lying there next to the truck. Yeah, flipped on its side because the, with the turning, forced it completely off of the hub. Bam. Onto its side. And oh, the whole. That's yeah. that's the picture I want of you going, wait a minute. Your eyes as big as they could be, you know. Um, he is in the mix of things. He's he's in the batter, you know what I'm saying? You're baked a cake before. He he's he's in the batter, man. He's the stir, dude, you know. He's he's mixing it up for us, man. <laughs> yes, so, he is. So <laughs>
I always pray that other people see this stuff too, and I'm no different than anybody else. I've been teaching a religion class at St. Augustine, which is our church where we live in, in Minster, um, for eight years. I always ask them, and I do this to these kids all the time if I see them out in areas, and I did this on this Washington, D.C. trip that I went with my youngest son uh, last month, is I asked this whole class, I go, how often is Jesus with you? And these kids yell, always. I go, some of the time, always. And they all yell at Backtrapper. These kids get it, you know? Thanks, Jeremy. I appreciate your time today. God bless you. God bless you, too, and thank <laughs> okay. you very much. And we'll all catch right. you later. Will do. Thank you.